And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome in, friends, to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Not only is it week 12 ranks, not only is it Thanksgiving week, we have got the band back together. Oh, my God. It has been, tw- it take, it's taken us 12 weeks to get Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston with myself back. And we're the three best friends that anyone ever had. It's a wolf pack here back in for a one episode edition for the week to talk to you about ranks Thanksgiving. And I don't know, just see you two boys together. Jake, what's up, my friend? Mm, ready for everybody to be mad about my food rankings as they do every single year. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely we're going to talk about that in a second. Funston, what's it what's it like to podcast with Jake Seeley after all this time? It's been yeah, forever. it's been a while. I assume we're just going to just play the hits, right? That's what, give everybody what the what the fans want. Just a he was having the best year ever until now is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a completely different year. So well, he's what, smiling and smiling, so it already seems different than before. So I, I know, know. <laughs> Jake seems revived a little bit, even though I think it's a little sick thing you're dealing with or whatever it is. But uh, Jake's been in a good mode. Jake's, I don't know. I'm not saying it's because you're not here, Funston. I'm not starting the drama or anything like that. But I'll say Jake it's is because uh, I'm married and I'm not doing a meaningless contest. There you go. <laughs> you know, there you go. There it is. So uh, it is actually very good to have the three of us back together. And uh, what Jake was talking about. You can take all of your judgment and anger to his article, if you would like, because not only do you have and I'm not talking about ranks because there it is beloved over at The Athletic. You can do that right now. Go over to The Athletic where they have got some great deals. Black Friday deal going on. I believe it's a buck uh, a month for like the whole year that you can go and sign up. Maybe even better. I don't know. But go and check it out over The Athletic. But people aren't there to spit that judgment at the ranks, which are phenomenal. Not the waivers. No, it is going to be, ironically, the sides. Your sides. You put your best Thanksgiving sides ranking up. And it might be worth breaking down here. Jake, can I give away your number one on the article? Yeah, please do. Crescent rolls. Of all the Thanksgiving Day things, crescent rolls were number one. Who's ever seen too many Russian rolls? Like it's like I'll say, eat the basket. It's, it's like saying Justin Tucker is the you know the number one on the Ravens. Like he's a really good kicker. Oh, stop. We <laughs> really go there with it. <laughs> this is why. I, so I have been happy not to listen to this nonsense. <laughs> All right, but actually comparing rolls to kickers, I hate you, Boston. <laughs> I, I will say this: it, number one is like number one is fine. Crescent rolls are fine, but when I think of Thanksgiving, I don't think of crescent rolls. What I definitely don't think about are sweet potatoes, which you put at number two. Sweet potatoes and crescent rolls are your one, two Thanksgiving sides. Dude, sliced sweet potatoes with brown sugar and like a little glaze and cooked. And like that's, and if you want to go the casserole route, yeah. And then stuffing number three, like, and then you saw what number 10 was. 
just more stuffing and crescent rolls. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fun. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a swish it all together. I think they all play an integral role into the, you know, the melange, the flavor that I that I would like. I like to mix the mashed potatoes. You like the, the KFC bowl, cranberry, pour things into a. Little... Yeah, the rolls play a key. That's what the day after is for. It's for the this you're right. It's the turkey with the gravy and the stuffing sandwiches that you have the day after. I think yeah. I thought you guys were going to be the most. The, what I always get the most pushback with is the most hated number nine. That's what people always Which push is back about. Antipasto salad? N- no, hated number nine. That's love. Oh, like you're under hated. Uh, I was not looking at hated. Now, yeah. hated is cranberry sauce. Like yeah, I don't. always put. I hate I it. Like, and the, the funny thing is, is people hate me for hating cranberry sauce. But then you can watch in the comments. They'll. They'll argue with each other and hate each other, saying that the can's better than the fresh made and the fresh made is better than the can. So they fight with themselves anyway. Do you see what you're sauce. doing on, on a thankful <laughs> holiday? You are creating dissent in the world of the athletic, Jake. You single handedly <laughs> by is creating this thing more Jake Seeley than that. Boy, that is <laughs> there's never been a more correct statement. I will tell you the number one is actually a mixture. There's nothing I love more than putting mashed potatoes on a roll and then eating it like it's like a little roll. Just, you have to have a little a bit of cranberry sauce with it. Just, oh, it's almost no, like a jelly. vomit. Ooh. No, there's no there's not <laughs> yeah. one ounce of cranberry sauce getting near my. Did you ever want board. your roll to be harder to chew and digest? Add some mashed potatoes. <laughs> What's better than Nothing what goes better than a potato than cranberries? You just no. throw a stomach cement down there. Pretty What's much. your number one? Uh, Funson, what's your number one Thanksgiving side? Oh, I like them all. Yeah, actually, my number one is my uh, sister-in-law makes kind of like the cast iron corn corn pudding kind of. It's like a oh, it's, it's not like a, it's not like it's almost like you cut it out almost like a piece of cake, but then it's like got corn in there. It's almost like a cornbready corn pudding. So it's not like a runny consistency. Uh, Something with got corn. pieces of corn in it. No. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, that Jake, you actually texture for me. Your article actually inspired me. Like my number one, is, it's always mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes are like the tippy top. But I have always envied macro, mac and cheese for Thanksgiving. It's just a basic dish. I've, it feels a, like a Southern thing. I'm 40 years old. I've never had mac and cheese, homemade mac and cheese on Thanksgiving. And I looked at my wife and I was like, "We, I want to do that. Let's have that. And then she's like, well, why don't you make it? And I'm like, great idea. I spent an hour last night watching the most ridiculous videos of people being like, like making artisan mac and cheese, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, that's why I'm artesian. going to the store. Artesian. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's better. I think artisan works, doesn't it? I actually think it does work. But um, I'm going to make, uh, I'm going to make some homemade uh, mac, not like box or anything. Like we're going to like make the sauce and we're going to bake it. And we're going to do that. So your thing inspired me. It didn't bring hate, even though I, like, or I you could just go to rolls. Costco and buy Beecher's mac and cheese. Well, then I would be fry, back. Fry up some bacon. Oh, Ar- Artisan is it? Actually, <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's see. You can say it that way too. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Know that. Well, let like me ask you guys. And pecans. Let like me we had that. I had a discussion at PTT. Like, do you say pecans or pecans? Okay. I, I have both a... because it's pecan pie, and then if you're just by themselves, it's pecans. I want to say pecan, but I say pecan. But I came up went with a third pronunciation right there. Oh, did I? Yeah. Yeah, because it's pecan or pecan, and then you went. Pecan. Pecan. Oh, yeah, I did. I did like pecan a little bit. (laughs) Uh, I have something for you, Jake, in one of your next rankings. Everybody's trying to frustrating words to pronunciate Mm. or enunciate. I should I should rank. You want me to rank those? Yeah, I want you to rank the most frustrating words to say. Okay. (laughs) Uh, What? Sorry. We talked over you. You were going to say something. Uh, I was just going to ask you guys. Do you guys like 
Thanksgiving dinner? Like, do you look forward to it? Do you relish the the meal? Yes, because I have a soul. Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. I actually, there was a time it was kind of like, like I hate my family. It was one no, but I, all I'm saying is like, how often do you eat turkey, mashed potatoes, stuff? Oh, it's, twice it, a year. It's, so you do do it twice a year, okay? Because I was gonna say I don't think I do it any other time of year. But what other meal can you say that you really like that you only have one time? Yeah, I mean, and Thanksgiving is like the, the it owns food. Like when you never, you literally would never have stuffing. Why would you have stuffing except for right. Thanksgiving? But stuffing's uh, delicious. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's a really good point. Good. Yeah, no, I, like, I look you only to do it. it once a year. And I have everybody, everybody who listens to me knows. Because I also, then everybody would be in the hospital in 400 pounds. That's why. <laughs> well, it's true. America. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I'd also, I have a, a drink tradition as well that I only do on Thanksgiving. I do white Russians. It's the only time I drink it. I don't even think about them. And uh, so, uh, yeah, like I've created Thanksgiving traditions and that's nice. why that's fun. So there you go. Uh, Thanksgiving traditions also have some football. We will be doing whatever you're doing, eating, drinking, sleeping, all of the above, you know, not eating cranberry. You'll do it all under the guise of football. That's going to be presented to us on Thursday. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And this is a little bit different than how we normally do these shows because we've got Thursday games. We have this weird Friday game that's just slapped in the middle of the day. They're just like, oh, is it 3 o'clock? Put on football on Friday, which is weird. And then we go back into Sunday. So we've got this like barrage of games that are There's going no high on. school football on Friday. So I'm sure that's what weighed into it a little bit. But like, but why did they put it at 3 p.m.? That's weird. Yeah. That's so weird. Like make it a night game or something like that. Are they afraid people are going to go out? I don't know. Like they're not getting in the way. People get home from Black Friday shopping or something. I don't understand the the timing or no, whatever. That's why. Because the NFL are a bunch of jerks. Like they're just like, you know what? We're going to ruin your middle of the day Black Friday. We're also taking... Uh, the NBA, we're taking your Christmas day. We're taking it from you. Like mm. the, the NFL is just like being, can I say it? Evil. They're, they're being no, no. this year. Well, so, <laughs> hey, along that line, did you guys see that, you know, Josh Allen got fined for pointing at the, the Bengals defender as he's running into the end zone? 
And wow. then the NFL was using the using the picture of Allen pointing at the defender as like part of their NFL promo on NFL.com. So I feel, I feel like the, the, the fines are the biggest scam in all of professional sports. I feel like one day we're going to, we're going to get like a story about whoever there's going to be like one guy that's in charge of fines and they're going to be skimming off the top, like charge, you know, $20,000 for a guy pointing. I think that's a scam. And I think it's like a Ponzi scheme. I think there's, a, it's, it's an NFL Ponzi <laughs> scheme centered around the, the insane fines for the dumbest things on the planet. Yeah. And uh, I, I think they're grown, man. They can, they can live with being pointed at. I, I think it's fair if you're standing over the top of somebody after, after you just tackled them and you're like right down in their face and kind of taunting them right like that. That's like, fair for, to find them $25,000. Well, I mean, yeah, you're trying to instigate something there. Sure. That draw a line there, but like pointing at someone who's like 10 yards away because you're going into the end zone. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, I think we get rid of all those penalties, all those celebration penalties. Let guys, let guys be guys, let them do the thing and uh, have some fun with it. No more fines. No, like they, they, we got to get to the rankings here, but they <laughs> fine players. It's like $10,000 or $8,000 for throwing the football into the stands. That's like, when you go to the hospital and they charge you $550 for a Tylenol, like, what are you talking about? That football costs like $40. Like they, they're, they find these guys thousands of dollars for throwing footballs into the stands. That's crazy. It's a Ponzi scheme. I'm telling you, someone look into it. I'm not going to let's look into the ranks though. I feel like Jake kind of agrees, but he doesn't want to like, extend any of this more of this conversation i feel like there's something you well, you gotta you gotta do some deterrent right because they only have so many footballs that are game ready that you know they have to do so you know certain amount of stuff to them so you like say you do this you're gonna get fines crazy amounts so they don't do it like but they all say you can say we just charge you the amount of the football but they won't have enough footballs i mean people get crazy with that oh yeah you know oh, i can i'll spend whatever three four hundred bucks for a nfl football i have no idea but i'm like, looking into it right now i'm a fast typer <laughs> luckily and it is $7,000 if a player throws a football into the stands. That's the fine. What, what's That's the cost of an NFL football? Not $7,000. Is it 10 to 1? Is it Probably $7? Yeah, I'm telling you, that is the Tylenol <laughs> in the hospital scheme here. Jake, Jake, just say whatever you want to get, and then we're going into the ranks. You want to say something, I can tell. No. <laughs> All right. Rank the worst fines in sports. That's another one. I'm giving you ideas left and right. Football is the worst one, maybe pointing. Let's talk about uh, some of these bad boys. If you want those ranks, go over to The Athletic. Like I said, you can follow All In Kid. You can click on the article that Jake has already put out, and then you can sign up right from there. If you're not, if you're already signed up, good for you. You've seen the ranks, so we can talk about them. I've just put together some interesting players on Thursday, one on Friday, and then some bi the big five questions, rank questions for this coming week. And um, Jake will start it because you have the ranks, so we can Funson will get your take on it. Thanksgiving Day, two running backs have been thrust into the top RB roles, crescent roles. Are they worthy of getting into your lineup, knowing that you've got to get them out on Thanksgiving? Jake, let's start with AJ Dillon, your rank and your level of excitement this week. <clears throat> He's just outside of being an RB2. He's at 26. And level of excitement not a lot I, I would have a strangely enough i would have a little bit more excitement if Jaden reed is out i know he was missing practice with the chest issue mm. but emmanuel wilson on ir uh lost luke musgrave not that i'm not for the running game but they don't really have much in that backfield outside of aj Dillon now but we've seen it time and again aj Dillon is just 
fine. Like, it's okay. It's a volume play. It's a volume play that becomes a little bit more appealing if they're facing the commanders, but it's not a bad matchup. The Detroit Lions defense isn't that good where I'd be worried about it, but it's a volume play. There's people in front of them who are probably going to get fewer touches that I like more. So if Jaden Reed's out, I would say I'd push. I know this sounds strange, but I do think Jaden Reed's still going to take a few carries away is that I'd probably put him in the Ramondre Stevenson kind of conversation, but I would still play Stevenson. I just can't get him until I'm looking at the names in front of him. Like Brian Robinson against Dallas. I'm still going to play Brian Robinson. Like I just can't see to push him higher. I couldn't agree more on the Jaden. I'm a, I've been a big Jaden Reed Stan as a recent. I think I mentioned it on last week's episode. He was like one of my big prop guys this week. And I've been saying it all week. I am waiting. And, and I didn't even realize it's probably due to this injury that popped up. I'm waiting for the books to open up what, if they'll do a rushing prop on Jaden Reed, like I what look, that I look for a be. rushing plus receiving so far and I can't I, find one. Yet. Yeah. Because they don't have him posted. I think it's because right he's got now. a chest issue. Uh, you're probably not going to get it until Thursday morning. So we got to be on the lookout for that. Cause I'm, I'm hitting it because I completely a thousand percent agree. Jaden Reed is going, they used him to get him the ball more. They used him in the run game and then they're going to keep doing it. It's like a mini Debo situation that I think continues through the rest of the year. As long as he's healthy. Um, fun. So what about you though? You know, we saw, Dylan get used in the past game quite a bit more. He's going to be the featured guy with nobody else. Lions are a little bit of a tougher matchup, but they give up a little bit more in the passing game to running backs. And it's also kind of going to be dependent on like how well and do the Packers move the ball. Are you, I know we have to get into like the rank side of it, but like how invested do you think you want to be in AJ Dylan this week? Yeah, I did a I did a cursory rankings and I had him at 28. I just this is the first week in a long, long time, maybe all year other than week one, where I felt like, man, there's so many decent running back plays this week. And Jake, Jake mentioned it like guys in front of him. But there's a lot of guys that have good matchups. Most of the running backs are healthy. Kyron Williams is coming back. We'll see about the Miami running backs. But like. You know, I look at like someone like Ty Chandler, who I like, but I don't have him in front of Dylan because, you know, it could be split in time. But um, yeah, so I don't love I don't love the matchup. I don't love I don't think the A.J. Dillon's going to get the volume in, in the running game. Like, I, I think they're probably going to be playing from behind. They do have Patrick Taylor. They brought back. He has some familiarity with this team. Maybe he gets some run on passing downs. But like you said, maybe Jaden Reed's in there. So I Patrick just don't Taylor first touchdown plot prop. Yeah, there you go. Plus plus seven fifty or whatever. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, I just don't see the upside there. Um, so I, I I'm I'm in agreement agreement with Jake. He's outside my RB two range. How about this? Just as a pairing, AJ Dillon or Devin Singletary. Damian Pierce returned to practice, and mm-hmm. um, it's kind of a tougher matchup. We'll start with Funson. AJ Dillon or Devin Singletary this week? I don't think I don't think you do. I don't think you touch. Devin Singletary for the Texans. You waited all year, and suddenly you've had two explosive outings. Why mess with with success in the backfield? I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they give Damian Pierce a appreciable run in his first game back. Yake, what do you think? Uh, I'm worried about it. I'm like, I just I am because I believe D'Amico Ryan's and D'Amico Ryan's before this was like 50 50. We got to get them both involved. And I agree with Faustin, like why mess with it? But this is also somebody that we've seen why mess with it with the bills. And it worked for four or five weeks at the end of the one season. And the bills did not want it to continue. I just, I think this is just like an NFL perspective type of thing. It's like, it can work in little spurts, but I don't know that Singletary is ever like the guy. He's just not like, kind of like someone to, Joshua Kelly, when he like and AJ Dillon, they're better as complimentary pieces. I'm not saying Singletary is better as a complimentary piece, 
I'm saying I'm worried that Singletary is not best as a bell cow. So I agree with you, Fonston. Why mess with success? I just think sometimes people try to fix what's not broken. They just do it all the time. The NFL does it all the time. So but you, I'm you have, do you have Dylan ranked ahead of Singletary? I do. I have okay. Singletary I have, down I have Singletary by Javante Williams. I have him two spots ahead of Dylan. So I have him They're not far apart. I have Dylan at 26 and Singletary at 29. Okay. Sandwiched with Herbert and Connor. I would play I'm 26 for Singletary, 28 for Dylan. Yeah. There you go. So interesting space between the two. One other back that got thrust in that everybody's been very excited about, but you really can't lay out much worse of a matchup uh, for it. Zach Charbonnet looks like he's going to be into that RB. I don't think, I don't know if Ken Walker has been officially listed out, but I think the assumption is I, I, I could be wrong about that. But this is another Thursday game, the Thursday night game where Charbonnet becomes the number one against the San Francisco 49ers. And we and there's kind of a compliment, I think, like what we saw with Rashad White is similar to what you could see with a Charbonnet from a usage standpoint. The only problem is the Seahawks might also be without Geno Smith and DK Metcalf is having some issues. That's a lot of offensive weapons that are going to go away with Drew Locke starting and a 49er pass rush that is going to be in Drew Locke's face all day. PPR, half PPR, Charbonnet could save some value. But like how, Jake, how high can you go and are you going with Zach Charbonnet at this at this point? Not much higher. I'm at 25. One spot in front of okay, AJ yeah. Dillon. I, I like Charbonnet, but he's shown a few issues in the passing game where he's explosive. He's supposed to be good. I don't, I don't know that the Seahawks and this is Fonson's team, so he can definitely speak to it. I don't know that they just don't use DJ Dallas a little bit. Uh, and it's not the best matchup. San Francisco has been more vulnerable over the past couple of weeks than they were at the yeah. beginning of the season. But still, this comes down to who's in front of them. Like, I would love, like, in my mind, when I was, like, going through my write-up of the game previews, and I'm like, you know what? Zach Charbonnet is probably a top-20 play. And then I'm looking, and I'm like, well, he's not in front of Edwards or Pacheco or Mixon or Stevenson or Ford or Brian Robinson or Jalen Ward. Like, I'm playing Jalen Warren over him. Like, I just, I don't know how you get Charbonnet higher. Could he finish higher? Sure, I just want to take that risk. Funson, what do you think? This is your team out with a lot of weapons. Yeah. He looks like if you know if this were a median matchup, I think we would be falling over ourselves for Charbonnet. We'd be like Charbonnet and Jalen Warren and Jerome Horde, you know, all given the same type of spots. We would, I think, there'd be probably a tough rank with all those type of guys. But this is a tough matchup with weapons that are banged up and a short rest. So, how are you valuing Charbonnet? Yeah, well, I said I had Singletary at 26 and Dylan at 28. My number 27 is Charbonnet. So um, <laughs> I'm I'm in the same boat. I, I, Geno Smith sounds like he's going to play. DK Metcalf doesn't sound like it's anything serious. He's going to play, but I don't think Kenneth Walker will. But to Jake's point about DJ Dallas, he's he's lauded for his pass protection. He's a former receiver, you know, out of Miami and and is good in the passing game. I would not be surprised if they seeded a whole bunch of the passing down work to DJ Dallas and let Zach Charbonnet carry the mail on the ground. Um, so I just don't see a lot of upside in that kind of a role. And yeah, I just, right now the Seahawks offense is, is trying to figure things out. I mean, they've, they're having a hard time getting to 20 points and this is, you know, this is a much tougher defense than they've had to face of late. So I, I don't know that they're going to be able to figure it out with all the, you know, with some moving parts in this offense and some guys banged up that, you know, I just don't see this as much upside. Moving over to Friday, one of the bigger pieces of news that we um, that we were delivered, Zach Wilson is out. Tim Boyle is the starting quarterback for the Jets moving forward. So we've already seen what Garrett Wilson was with a bad quarterback. How low 
can you go, Jake? Garrett Wilson, is there life or does it get worse for Garrett Wilson moving forward? How can it get worse? I mean, he's all he's played with other terrible quarterbacks like this is not a new thing. So I'm not worried about him. I'm keeping him where I would normally play him. And that's mm, high mid 20s. There's the risk because he's playing for the Jets that the offense as a whole doesn't provide a lot for him. But this is also Garrett Wilson, where any given week, I mean, you give him seven targets for most quarterbacks, even terrible ones, including Zach Wilson, and he can finish top 15. So I think he's in that spot. He's in that spot with, oh, who's right in front of him in the same game for me, Jalen Waddell. I think it's the same conversation to have. It's like a Jalen Waddell, Debo Samuel, two spots in front of him. It's that grouping where either Christian Kirk with Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones back. It's all that conversation where top 15 is possible, but so is wide receiver 35. Brennan, how similar do you think this offense is going to look with Tim Boyle? Like, and, and, and I say that in the funniest of ways as well. Yeah. Can similarly as, bad. Yeah. yeah. Can it look as embarrassingly lost and distraught as, as normal? Uh, I mean, what do you see out of this? And do you think Garrett Wilson is status quo? Yeah. I think Salfino reminded me of this. Cause I remember when Tim Boyle last played, like you combine his college and his NFL career. And I think it's four touchdown passes to 22 interceptions. That's not a, that's not a mistake. Twenty-two interceptions to four touchdown passes. But what we do know is he did start a couple games for Detroit in 2021. If you want to go back and look at those stats, you'll see that Amon Ross St. Brown, as a rookie, got like 28 percent of the Tim Boyle target share, and you know, in two plus starts. So he had, I think, he played a little bit of a third game. Amon Ross St. Brown had 220 yards and two touchdowns. So like. I see it as a similar situation. I mean, the other receivers in that offense were like Kaderil Hodge and um, Josh Reynolds. So it's, you know, he was kind of like the standalone receiver in that Detroit offense. And now you go to a situation where it's, you know, Garrett Wilson's kind of the standalone alpha in this, in this offense. So yeah, I think Tim Boyle is going to definitely make sure that Garrett Wilson gets bad. And I think it's going to work out just fine from a volume standpoint. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, moving ourselves over to the Sunday action. Those are the Thursday, Friday games, just kind of the big uh, fantasy questions that are looming. I've got five for you as far as ranks go, and you want to talk about, I mean, I guess you could argue it, like the biggest pieces of news. We didn't start this off with news because we were very focused on Thanksgiving and Crescent Rolls, but the biggest piece of news is the firing of Matt Canada, and that has Steeler fans very excited. I think that has fantasy fans very excited, but what will it mean and specifically Jalen Warren um, everybody Jake has shared their Jalen Warren stats because there are plenty of them an interesting one and this may have been shared when I mean, you look at PFF 
on their elusive rating of 50 carries or more. He it had a one, it was like 192.5 elusive rating for Jalen Warren. And there was only one other player with a, um, with a 100 rating in general yards, um, yards per route run second highest for Jalen Warren. Uh, I mean, it's just across the board of how explosive he is, but he still can't pass block with the new play calling. Do you expect to see it? And are you giving a fantasy uptick for Jalen Warren for Najee Harris? And even looking at the wide receivers who benefits from Matt Canada being gone. Uh, did they change quarterbacks? Cause that's the one worry is Kenny Pickett <laughs> is still the quarterback. Uh, really what it comes down to. I mean, I look, I even included with uh, the whole Jalen Warren thing. He's among the, I think he's second or third in missed tackles force per attempt. And yeah. Najee Harris is the middle of the ground. So I say what you all said was you all, you all said, not you all, uh, but you all said in those numbers is that's the subject or that's the objective subjectively just watching him. People will say he looks better. So I'm saying objectively with the numbers, subjectively watching no matter what, he looks better. He's yeah. been better. That all being said, you brought up one of the biggest problems here is the pass blocking. I don't know that this is necessarily a Matt Canada problem. The one thing I tweeted out earlier this week, because as you brought up like Monday, everybody was railing against this. Jalen Warren needs more. Najee Harris should be done. Najee Harris shouldn't ever touch the ball again. Get him out of the NFL. I'm like, how many times have we done this before? Let's bring up AJ Dillon, Joshua Kelly. Oh, how about Tony Pollard this year? Sometimes these running backs are just better in splits. And I'm talking about that for Jalen Warren. Now, could Jalen Warren go out there and be even better with a bell cow role? Sure. But what if this NFL team with NFL head coaches and granted, they're not always the smartest, but what if they know something we don't and they've seen Jalen Warren when he's got the full workload and he's just not as good. Lamar Miller back in the day with the dolphins, he gets more touches, gets bell pal work, puts out the exact same numbers he did with 55% of the work. So I'm just saying all I have to say is like, don't go bananas. Like I still have Jalen Warren as an RB two. Can he finish his top 10? Absolutely. Maybe they make the switch and he is the guy, but there's also a potential here. If your trade deadline, hasn't come as Funston and I have been texting about it. ESPN's trade deadlines next week. Like they're like the latest of the late for some reason, but if it's out there, uh, Meanie and I and all, all in football actually brought up this toss up. And I think you could get this one done. If you have Warren, I would go get Pacheco in a straight up deal. I think you could make those kind of trades because of the hype. So that's how I'm playing this. It's not so much the ranking, but I think this is a potential sell high opportunity. Oh, that's very interesting because I'm very I'm I want to be very optimistic about Warren, but you know, you said this in passing in a previous conversation, is that there are just some backs that are built to be good complementary backs. And then the side version of that is there's just backs that are just better not being put in Bell Cal full on um workloads i mean the nfl i'd love to see more coaches take advantage of this but you do see some where you have early drive running backs and then you have this fresh leg explosive player that comes in on like the fourth or fifth play as the defense starts to tire down and you have an advantage and that's something that warren or just last year tony pollard and Ezekiel elliott tony pollard was better when he Great had example. zeke 100 go ramondre mm-hmm. stevenson in the same like all these running backs and again I hope I'm wrong because I have Jalen Warren in a few spots. I hope Jalen Warren gets unlocked and 70% means he's all of a sudden a top 10 running back. But I'm just saying for that potential, I still I want to see with this offense because it's still a Kenny Pickett offense. That's the yeah. problem. It's like Austin Eckler, though. Like Austin Eckler, you'd be like, just give him 35 Austin touches El- a game. Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon. Yeah, Eckler and, and uh, Joshua Kelly. Joshua Kelly's a better complimentary back, and they keep using him. So that's you know what's something- another good one? Which I think is the upside people are hoping for, and not to keep going down this route. I see yeah. Austin grinning here. Is... The Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman year with the yeah. Falcons is one. And then once you put Tevin Coleman by himself, 
big old duck turd. Yeah. So you're <laughs> saying put Jalen Warren on the Niners is what we're saying. So we can have a <laughs> oh, yeah. Back yeah with, please with Kyle do. <laughs> uh, Jalen Warren for you, Funston. High low. I, I don't. Yeah, no, I mean, he's not he's not an RB1. He's uh, sort of, I think I have him 21 or 22 this week. I like the matchup against Cincinnati. I like Najee Harris, too. Like, he's not going away. And people, you know, poo-poo Najee Harris. I'm not poo-poo on. Michael Biller, former host, used to say, you can't say poo-poo on, just poo-poo. Um, so people poo-poo Najee Harris. I believe he still leads all running backs in 15-plus yard carries. I mean, it's, it's not like he's, uh, you know, not like he's a slug. He's actually doing some work as well. And I think probably the real answer here is these two probably work best when they're splitting the load about evenly, you know, and um, splitting the poo poo load. <laughs> splitting I don't think the, you yeah. can say that. <laughs> People are learning um, a lot in this episode. Oh, this is why the three of us are not together. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So I think I have Warren 22 and like Najee 29. So. Uh, they're not too far apart, but I, I do see the upside, obviously, in Jalen Warren. All right. Uh, sticking with the same one, how should the Bengals position players be downgraded? We did get information, Jake, that, of course, they plan, the Bengals, plan to use the same uh, offensive scheme with Browning as they would with Burrow, yeah. which is saying, you know, plenty of drop back stuff, hoping that he's going to be really efficient. They are not changing the game plan with Browning. So, you know, how are you downgrading or not downgrading a couple of the key position players, Mixon and Chase specifically? Can I, can I say that's cute? If you want to like, if that's cute that they want to do this, uh, I threw this into the game preview. So Joe Burrow, 84.5 catchable target percentage, like catchable balls. This is tracked over at fancy points is where I had this league best of qualified quarterbacks. Uh, off target percentage for Joe Burrow, 10.7, second lowest in the league. Let's talk about Jake Browning. Small sample size, but still 71% and 28.6% off target percentage. The dude is not Joe Burrow. The dude's not even Joe Burrow 90% on his best day. Like, it's just not happening. So I think Jamar Chase is now a mid to low wide receiver, too. Can he still finish top 10? Absolutely. But Jamar Chase, let's talk about him this year as a whole, too. He's been inconsistent. He's been more of like prime go back in the day of like a Deshaun Jackson type of season versus the Jamar chase. We loved T Higgins injuries, been inconsistent himself. I have T Higgins all the way down in the low thirties uh, just because it's Jake Browning. And oh, by the way, they get the freaking Steelers. They get Joey Porter jr. Who's turned into a top five corner. And like, this is not a good matchup to have Jake Browning out there. in. so I think you downgrade this entire offense, including Joe Mixon, who now becomes an RB two because he was volume and touchdown reliant. We've seen that for two, three years now. And what, how many chances are the Bengals going to have to score? So I think, um, and as to a quick aside, I'm long-term for the rest of the season or like a T Higgins, if you could get any value out of him again, if trade deadlines are still out there, I would get rid of him. They might shut him down. Because what do you free agent like? What are you going to get him? What if Jamar Chase's back starts acting up again? Yeah. And like, yeah. what are you what are you doing with these players for next year? I think there's a lot of question marks on there. Um, how far are you downgrading Jamar Chase, Clemson? Well, so to Jake's point about how inconsistent inconsistent he was. My last big board I did, I went through the exercise of taking all the top receivers and throwing out their highest scoring game and their lowest scoring game, and just kind of going with, you know, getting the outliers out of the way. And he dropped down dramatically i mean he was fell into the lower wide receiver two range based upon that that was before that was before last week in the injury so it's certainly not going to help him um you know change his course with jake browning there and i i'm a washington huskies fan i saw a lot of jake browning does not have a big arm deep balls are going to be 
mostly out of the equation. He tends to pay too much attention to the noise. So if you get a lot of pass rush, which Cincinnati's had that problem basically since Joe Burrow entered the league. And so I, I feel like if Pittsburgh's putting the heavy rush on, he's not going to be able to maintain his focus downfield very well. And that's going to be a problem. So yeah, a low upside in the passing game. I could see maybe Joe Mixon salvaging his day in the passing game because, you know, it, this offense has utilized him a lot in the last couple of years in the passing game. And that could be something that they look to do again and really kind of lean into that. Jake, this one stood out to me as a rank um, Calvin Ridley over tank Dell this week. And there's two sides to it. Tank Dell is very exciting right now, but Nico Collins, Noah Brown might get back and like everyone has anointed um, tank Dell is like, you know, top 10 wide receiver, which is fine. But Calvin Ridley, it's not that it's so much like, hey, a wide receiver is higher than uh, Tank Dell. It's Calvin Ridley has been insanely inconsistent. So I wanted to get your take uh, for one of your ranks this week of Calvin Ridley over Tank Dell. You hear that big size because what I've been saying since week two, like I don't like this is everybody started tweeting it out over the weekend. Oh, by the way, Calvin Ridley's three 100 yard games came with Zay Jones in the lineup. No blank Sherlock. I've been saying this all freaking season. Calvin Ridley with Zay Jones is a different wide receiver because Calvin Ridley is not an NFL number one wide receiver. He needs somebody to open up the offense the way that Zay Jones does. He doesn't need a Calvin Ridley talent next to him because, oh, he has that. Christian Kirk can be a number one wide receiver in fantasy and usage and stuff like that. He's not also a number one wide receiver. But the problem why Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley don't play well together is because Christian Kirk does too much of what Calvin Ridley does, so it doesn't open up the defense off of Ridley. And part of it is the Jaguars' use, too. They don't move Ridley around enough. I threw this into the comm. I'll pull it up for you here. Right, Let's, let's go right to Calvin Ridley. So, Calvin Ridley, first read percentage for Trevor Lawrence, who, by the way, is league high in first read percentage. That's the amount of times he looks to a wide receiver first of all his targets. Calvin Ridley with Zay Jones, gets 28% of the first reads and 25% of the targets. When Christian Kirk and that same range, 25 and 20. Without Zay Jones, he drops down to 21 and 17, and Kirk jumps ahead of him at 25 and 22. This is a different offense with Zay Jones. It's very simple. So Calvin Ridley, when Zay Jones is playing, and he's playing as of right now, I don't know if suspension is coming. That's worrisome. But if Calvin Ridley or Zay Jones are out there, Calvin Ridley is a top 15 wide receiver. It's just that simple. That's so weird. <laughs> the weirdest thing of like because all Jay people. Jones opens up, to, yeah, he no. pulls the secondary back, which helps open up Calvin Ridley. Christian Kirk does not pull the secondary back. They can play closer, the entire grouping, including the safeties, and that's the problem. Yeah, it's such an oddity. Uh, are you Ridley over Tank Dell, Funston? No, because because <laughs> uh, Tank Dell went for five, one forty-five, and a touchdown against the Jaguars earlier in the year at Jacksonville, and so I'm not saying Calvin Ridley's not an obvious play right now. I'm just saying that, like, uh, I, you know, that I'm just going to lean on on the the hot hand of Tank Dell, and I know Calvin Ridley's coming off a hundred-yard game, but Tank Dell's one of the hottest receivers in the league. We also had a fantastic game against the Jaguars, and Noah Brown. I don't think he's practiced this week, so it's looking like it's going to be Nico and and Tank Dell once again. So uh, CJ Stroud's a lot better now than he was when he played Jacksonville the first time, and he looked good the first time around. But he's just getting better and better. All right, uh, two quicker ones we're going to go with here. Going over to the Rams, Kyron Williams uh, activated. We know that Daryl Henderson waived. Uh, Royce Freeman has actually looked pretty good on that elusive rating as well for some reason. Um, wouldn't think that, but Kyron Williams was getting the bulk. The questions are, does the bulk come back? 
are we riding Jake with Kyron Williams uh, in week 12? Mm, I am. I have, I have Kyron Williams as a top. He's an RB one. I have an RB one for me. I have him apparently super high compared to most people uh, against Arizona. Not concerned about it. They let, as you mentioned, they let Daryl Henderson go tell me they're ready for Kyron Williams to come back a hundred percent. And now you're talking about the backup that Ronnie rivers isn't cleared, but Ronnie rivers could return. But that tells me whether or not Ronnie Rivers is back, they're set with Kyron Williams and Royce Freeman. If you're set with those two, I have a feeling you're set with Kyron Williams being 100% to come back. Uh, so I, I really like this. It's a good matchup. I think the usage, by the way, we're talking about Kyron Williams before he got hurt. Multiple top 10 finishes. I think all but one or two games he was top 10. And those other two games, he never finished lower than 30th at running back. I, I'm putting Kyron Williams, slamming him back in my lineup. What did you say you have? You have RB1? I have as an RB1. Oh, okay. I was like, no, well, not it's in like RB one, but I meant like what like do you have top twelve? Twelve? Like you have top, top 12? twelve? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, Bunston, <clears throat> Kyron Williams or Jalen Warren this week? Kyron Williams. I have I have Kyron higher. I don't think I have him in my wide receiver one or RB one range, but I <laughs> do have wide him. receiver two. <laughs> uh, let me. I'm looking really quick here. I have actually. I they're closer than I thought. I have Williams at 19, but I'm kind of more to. To Jacob, I'm sitting here playing with my rankings all the way up to Sunday. I'm probably moving him up and moving him up because, as he mentioned, like he was, he did it all in that backfield uh, before he got hurt. And you just Sean McVay just a couple weeks ago had this quote where he was gushing about what Kyron brought to the team and what they're missing without him there. And he had to almost go out of his way to like say, you know, not that Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman aren't great, but you could just tell. The, the subtext there was that Sean McVay was really missing Kyron Williams. So I think they are very eager to get him back. And I would not be surprised, like Jake said, if he's just back into kind of the role he was at before he got hurt. Last one is with the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm going to present this as a, as a how would you take this approach? Isaiah likely as a tight end one or Keaton Mitchell as an RB three slash flex. One has to hit. What side are you taking, Jake? Isaiah Likely, tight end one, or Keaton Mitchell? Keaton Mitchell, let's say top 30. Top 30 RB. Top 30 RB or uh, or Likely. Well, because tight end one, all you can do is catch a touchdown. You're a tight end one. Like Legitimately, catch a touchdown, one yard. You're a tight end one. Uh, I will take that just because Keaton Mitchell has moved in front of Justice Hill, but you saw the panic last week where at halftime you had negative points and everybody's losing their damn mind. It's still the risk, like eight touches, and it's not the Chan situation where the offense is there. Like if they're getting to the goal line, like Chan is getting some touches with goal to go. You know who's coming in? It's Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson. It's not going to be Keaton Mitchell, likely, unless he scores from out. So I'll just take that. And if you told me this is during 14 buys, I'd feel a little bit better about it. But uh, I think Isaiah Likely is in play. I'd play Isaiah Likely over Logan Thomas against the Cowboys or Friermuth. I guess Cincinnati, like, I mean, I could see it, but I'd chase that ceiling. Of course, it could go sideways, but it doesn't take much to finish as a tight end one. That's the only reason. If you would have said top 10, I know that sounds nitpicky, versus Keaton Mitchell, your first statement, three or four, then I would have taken Mitchell. Okay, so let's do the same thing, um, but let's do what uh, Jake just said, Funson. Likely as a top 10 tight end or Keaton Mitchell as a top 30 back. I think I'm still going to go with likely as well. I we we talked about off the top how deep the running back rankings are this week, and we have AJ Dillon barely cracking the top third, and he's probably going to touch the ball 20 times. You know, like so Keaton Mitchell might not get half of that. 
And so I, you know, it's a good matchup for him, but I, Isaiah likely with, um, with Odell Beckham, you know, banged up and Mark Andrews out like, yeah, I can see the easy path to a top 10 finish. Like Jake said, it just takes a big play from a tight end and you usually finish in the top 10 anyways. I think he's got one in him. Well, there you go. There's a preview of what the ranks are looking like. There are still plenty of changes. I mean, we're doing this episode a little bit earlier than usual. You're going to have four games out before Saturday hits. So you're going to want to make sure that you are constantly checking and updating Jake's article over at The Athletic. So do that. Go to theathletic.com. You can sign up today, get the Black Friday special, take advantage of that. So you're hooked up all year long. So you get access to waivers and rank. You get a million things, but just specifically for our world, you get waivers, ranks, and uh, you can go and, you know, cause chaos in the comment section for what is the best and worst dish or side dish in Thanksgiving. Just also, yeah. It took me since Funston said it. Pro football reference was not easy to find this flipping stat since Funston said I've been working on it this entire time. <laughs> Najee Harris is tied for second for 15 plus yards. Oh, okay. Well, who's first? first place? Raheem Mostert. Yeah, he's, 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 yeah, he's tied with McCaffrey, Barkley, Harry, and Den- Derrick Henry. So Harris is in front, but Jalen Warren has eight. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually looking. I'm literally looking. I had clicked on it. Are you looking at the numbers? I I, I had it. You could have just told me. (laughs) I forgot. I forgot about it. And I was like, didn't uh, in my brain, I was like, didn't somebody say something about 15 plus yards? And I just clicked on it and bam, I'm staring at it. Only one. Yeah, Raheem Mostert's number one. And there are a total of eight other players that have nine plus 15. I don't care anymore. You can save me all that time and work. Yeah, so there you go. Sorry about that. (laughs) There you go. But go and sign up today. Follow everybody here on Twitter. All in kid. Brandon Funson. Is it the Welsh? You can follow us. It's good to have you boys back in here. And uh, I am very thankful to get to do shows with both of you guys. And you guys can all out there reflect on the things you're thankful of. And, uh, you know, just be happy you got uh, some Thanksgiving and some football because what's better than that? Cranberry sauce. No, no. Crescent rolls, maybe. And all you guys, definite. Thanks for hanging out to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Talk to you next time. Bye, friends.